0: Rise up. Welcome to Rise Up Radar, where we keep the Falcons on your radar. Thank you for joining me, Stan Parker, for another episode. Let's have a ball and show. Thomas Dimitrov did it again. He added another first rounder to this loaded first round team. Now, they pick the Falcons. The Dirty Birds picked up a free agent this week, and it is not the position in which I thought it was going to be. I figured that they would pick up a defensive end um, from the market from the little money that they do have, um, and and fill that need, or maybe like a pass rush specialist, maybe like a Clay Matthews or Cam Wake take a shot at Everson Griffin. There's some names out there that they could um, potentially have gone after, um, but they pick up, instead they pick up Darquez Denard. Admit, I've never heard of him, but he's a solid player, um, starter. He's a corner um, defensive back, uh, mainly played slot in this current stage of his career. He's a six-year um player, he got buried in the depth chart out in Cincinnati. Um uh, behind Pacman Jones and the crew. And so um he didn't get a lot of playing time until towards probably the end of his stint with Cincinnati and he had like a weird contract situation going on with uh Jacksonville. Uh recently that he was supposed to sign a 3-year contract, but he never did. Uh it fell through for whatever reason and I don't know. Um he was a first round draft pick like we said twenty fourteen and he's a Georgia boy. He's from uh Middle Georgia, really. So that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Georgia boy. I always like that as always a highlight of uh people coming to the Falcons that are from Georgia. Um He plays slot and the way this makes sense is that Kendall Sheffield is young, he plays slot majority, and then that seems to be I don't have any, like, empirical evidence of that right now or, you know, factual data that backs up the point. But, man, every time I watch it, and, I mean, you said the NFL, it's the today's NFL as well. But every time you watch it, you see, you know, the slot receivers eating, throwing across the middle, coming across the middle, a lot of traffic. If you don't have a good slot corner, you know, it's going to be, um, you're going to have a long day. I'm just asked the Lions with Julio and um uh, he they drop him down a slot sometimes and drag him across the formation anyway and so uh what sticks out to me in his career um is that he's a great tackler he's physical for a slot receiver or for a slot corner he will um he will come up and and get physical with you he has. Um, there's a couple things that were like, just look out for. He's in a sixth year of his career. So, I mean, he is what he is at this point. He's been doing it for six years. Um, just so just things to be like hesitant about. He's got average speed, which it you know, in the slot, you're not covering him for so long, as long as he could keep up and play fast instead of running, I guess in a 40 yard dash. So he's not going to wow you with speed. I mean, if you got some, if you got Tyreek Hill in the slot, you, he's going to need some help over top. So, I mean, just, you know, he's an NFL player for six years. And he's just a little average on speed. Um, he's had injuries. So, he's had a knee, a hamstring, and a shoulder. So, I always get nervous when I hear those things. But it's the NFL, and people get hurt and injured, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, and along with that injury, he's had... One, he played one full season, one time in six years. Now, a lot of that is, um, with depth chart stuff. Cause like I said, he was behind a pretty talented crew, uh, Cincinnati back in 2014 and 2015 where had a pretty good defense. Um, they were going to the playoffs, but after that, the wheels kind of fell off and he, you know, so he's played one seat, full season one time, um, and then, so, I saw a lot of uh, literature on that this could possibly mean that Raheem Morris is going to implement more man coverage than zone coverage because they've got so much uh, versatility, I guess, or they've got the horses to do it. So, this cornerback position group could is going to go, like, on the outside, you're going to have Isaiah Oliver... And AJ Terrell with slot guy, you're gonna have um, Denard and Sheffield, and in the backside, you're gonna have you know Keanu now, Keanu, wow, Keanu Allen. I just combined them, bruh, Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. So, yeah, that's gonna, um, that's really gonna boost their just their depth, and it could be become this is another exciting thing about what. What the Thomas Dimitrov has is, is done. I, for as much as everybody craps on uh, Thomas Dimitrov and whether or not he got fired, should get fired. They've been talking about that for years now. Is it finally the year we get rid of Thomas Dimitrov? Yeah, he's made some bonehead mistakes, but like, I mean, on free agents and balling with the budget, like what he's been doing lately, I think he's been. Putting the best team together now, can he get on the field and <laughs> make these plays or not get injured? No, but he can put together the best team. Um, he can, now, and I've tr- he's done a good job with along with Dan Quinn, with uh, the, the backside finding finding you know starting caliber players that you know Brian. You think of Brian Poole or you think of you know that he was undrafted. You, there's a couple other. Um, things like that. So like drafting corners, I, or like picking up corners, I trust them in. So this could, he could be, we don't know. I'm super duper optimistic. I always am, but like, heck, this could be the next Legion of Boom. This could be start of something beautiful, a foundation of something beautiful. So I'll absolutely like to pick up. Now it's going to depend on how much money they're going to have left. It's a one year deal. If it's a three year deal, that kind of thing. How much money is it right now? whether or not that they could add another pass rusher, because although Thomas Dimitrov does this kind of stuff where in the middle of training camp, he'll just be like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're going to bring in this guy. And so, um, just be on the lookout for that. Who knows? You might not get any warning, but the uh, contract information will come out soon and we'll know something about that and kind of predict where they're going to go. Um, where they're going to go next. So the next. um, Next. Item I want to talk to y'all about. Is this. NFL. Top 100. This NFL top 100. I always love watching these. They started these a couple of years back. And I like seeing them. They're always fun. I always like to see. Because they're always player voted. Is how I understand it to be and it's a talking point right now, but, like, they always seem to be pretty accurate, in my opinion. Like, they always seem to be, like, the year Peyton Manning didn't even... There was, I can't even remember the year now. The year Peyton Manning didn't play, he was number one because he affected everything. So, <laughs> I don't know. Jay, I mean, they were showing... So, lots of times, the MVP is always a quarterback. Very rarely does it... It's, it's the best quarterback on the best team. That's just how the MVP works. Or... But maybe lots of times that coincides. But it's the best quarterback because he's the most valuable position. Therefore, he's the most valuable player. That kind of thing. But I like the top 100 because lots of times it will highlight a defensive player or a different skill position or a different position altogether to be number one. J.J. Watt being number one. Aaron Donald being number one. You know, just down the list of, like, high-ranking defensive players and getting love, too, that way. That's why I really like the Top 100. So, but this year, bro, this year, I gotta, and I don't ever do, like, write or talk about the Top 100. I like seeing the highlights. I like watching them. It's very entertaining to me to have peers talk about each other, like, oh, man, that Julio Jones is a freak, or, you know, Richard Sherman sure does talk a lot, or, you know, I like seeing all that stuff, but this year, I do not think you got it right and um am I just because of, for controversial sake so here's number 1 through 10 in, in order 1 Lamar Jackson now pause right there Lamar Jackson is number 1 over Patrick Mahomes now that seems to be a smidge of a problem for me um, and we're going to continue down the list until we get to Patrick Mahomes then we're going to talk about the half billion dollar man Oh, okay, Lamar Jackson, number one. Number two, Russell Wilson. Love it. Russ is my guy. He's a uh, outstanding human and uh, got a freaking cannon. He's a wizard and he's a Houdini. Aaron Donald, they always show him love, which is true because he is a mountain of a man and he is a freak athlete. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. We got to number four without mentioning the half-billion-dollar man. Uh, you know, I would... I, I guess I'm not a NFL player, but I would definitely put him number one. So, that's my opinion. You should just pick him. So you just stick him on top. We'll go Pat, Lamar Jackson, Russell, Aaron Donald, and that'll be your top four. Um. So I've already got a problem starting at number four. I guess number one really, but like I've already got a problem with this list. And we'll continue. So four is Pat Mahomes. Number five, Michael Thomas. Do not get me started on Michael Thomas. Mr. Slot Receiver himself. I mean, they should call him Slant Thomas. So, no, he's not better than Julio. Sorry, no. Christian McCaffrey, no problems there. Filthy. Uh, George Kittle. Uh, I like the player. Edgy. Like, giggles when he blocks people. He's F, just a burly man that likes to block, and oh, 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 and can outrun you. So like, yeah, I like that All right there. Uh, eight, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's always up there because he's got hands. It's always the debate. It's always like Jerry Rice. So Jerry Rice is the number one receiver in the land, but then boom, you got the next person is like the hands receiver. Larry Fitzgerald's been the hands receiver, Chris Carter. So like, there's always been hands receivers, and then there's been the other receivers. It's kind of like a subsect of receiver. And DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is our resident day hands receiver. He, um, for whatever reason, they just don't get love. I like DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think, I don't know. He's going to a new spot, and hey, so. I like him in the top ten, and Stephon Gilmore. I'd be real with you. Don't watch a lot of Patriots. He's a corner for the Patriots. Ah, I stay away from the Patriots as much as I can. So hey, a corner made in the top ten. I don't know. I don't remember the last time that happened, other than Richard Sherman, maybe. I don't know. Uh number ten, Derrick Henry. Surprise there. Definitely didn't expect him to be ranked that high. And number eleven. For number 11, Julio Jones. Julio Jones said I make top 10. Now I'm splitting hairs and semantics here. And it doesn't really matter because no one's getting paid or less money for making this list or not. And it's just a bunch of people putting together a poll for peers. And it's not really that big of a deal. But I got the problem when Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are above Julio Jones. Like several places above. And I don't think it's right. I just don't think it's right, and I'm not. I don't have any evidence or whatever. I just have. I'm not to vent. I'm spitting from the hip here. This is a podcast about the Falcons, and I'm bringing it here. Ah, uh, I think that's preposterous. And then, so t- to continue with the rest of the Falcons on the list, because we're going to pertain this to the Falcons. Number eleven is Julio Jones for number eleven. Uh, Jet Jones, number fifty-one. The new, the new Falcon is Todd Gurley. And then number 91. Let me guess. Take a guess who it is. Number 91. First time he's ever made the list. Mr. Grady Jarrett. Yes, he cracked top 100 this year. I don't think he gets a lot of love either. I don't think the Falcons, is just in a general respect, just a general rule. They don't get any respect. They get no love from any of the National media. Now, this is peer-to-peer, whatever. But like, do you notice who I didn't call out on this list? Let me read you the three, the three, three Falcons: Julio, Todd Gurley, and Grady. Now, you pause the podcast right now and take a take a run through of all the people you can think of that didn't make this list. They should have made this list. You are going to come up with one or two players. Alex Mack didn't have that great of a year last year. You can't put him on the list. None other. Number two, Matty Ice himself. The one glove wonder. He did not make this list. And let me just, oh my gosh, dude, I am about to just, I just get so frustrated. The amount of shade that happens to Matty Ice. I am not a complete Matty Ice apologist. I will defend him to a certain point with statistics and like, comparable stats, uh, and I understand his deficiencies of he is not Aaron Rodgers or that kind of talent to win with a dumpster fire that he needs pieces around him, but the names on this list is pitiful. Alright, number one, these are all the quarterbacks that were taken instead of Matt Ryan, or uh, picked, uh like selected. Number one, Lamar Jackson. Number two, Russ Wilson. Pat Mahomes. Number four, Drew Brees. Number twelve above Tom Brady. Tom Brady number fourteen, looking a little, looking mortal, looking like he's sixty-seven, like he normally is. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, at sixteen. Is he losing a step? Oh, ah, ah! It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Number twenty. This is where things get started dicey for me. Number 20, Deshaun Watson. Dig it. That's fine. I like the pick. He's a young whippersnapper, and he's, uh definitely deserves that spot. Number 43, we jump all the way. We drop 20, jump 23 slots. We get Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. You telling me Matt Ryan's not better than Jimmy G? And then here's where it just gets, like, I can't even utter these words. 43. Jimmy Garoppolo, 46, Dak Prescott. Give me a break. 58, Kirk Cousins, pathetic. 68, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill threw for 80 yards and won two playoff games. He is the present-day Trent Dilfer. No, no thank you. 87, Josh Allen. You're telling me 87 is Josh Allen? You would not take Matt Ryan over Josh Allen? Mr. Six Eleven himself, that lumbers down the field, can't figure it out. Oh, and number ninety is Kyler Murray, dude, dude. I just, I just don't believe this. And, um, why is the question? So anyway, and I don't know how they draft all these do all this up, but I just wanted to bring your attention to that, that I know it doesn't matter to Matt Ryan, it matters to me, it doesn't matter to probably Julio Jones, or anybody of the other guys, but it matters to me, but they know, show no respect to the national media, To the national media shows no respect to the Falcons, and I wanted to bring all my AT aliens, I wanted to let you know that this is happening in our world currently, this is all current information, so anyway, that's why I'm upset that's why I had to jump on and get this podcast, and um, just getting back to okay, so that was fun. We and uh, back to uh, the current signings. So the new players, but back to what I was saying about uh, Thomas Dimitrov, the how he's like built. He's basically gave this team a facelift without like. Ripping it down to the studs and building it back up. Like I don't know if you realize that that he didn't burn the village to build the village. He he did this without with taking pieces out and inserting pieces that had improvements or kept it the same. Which you know you don't want to. That's not what you, that's not an improvement if you're gonna keep it the same. But if it was working, so you know you got um, all like Hayden Hurst uh, replacing Austin Hooper, Dante Fowler repa- replacing. Vic Beasley, both upgrades in my opinion. Uh, Laquan Treadwell is going to come in and compete for the third uh, wide receiver spot. Uh, Deion Buchanan, a little depth and line uh, linebacker, excuse me. Darquez Denard going to start. Obviously, Todd Gurley is um, a huge pickup there. And if, dude, if he works out, man, listen, just just level with me. He stays healthy, and everybody can get their stuff together around him. And and they use him correctly. Dirt cutter, you make me so nervous. You've got the keys to the Ferrari that just has come out the shop. you got to use him the way he's supposed to be used. Now, you can't treat him like a bell cow anymore because there's probably not a lot left on the tread on the tires, which is, I get that. Running backs don't last very long in these days, other than Frank Gore. Now, but... You got to be like respectable, to, like running, let him run the ball, let him catch the ball. And I'm just excited and get creative um, with him. And so just all of these additions make me super duper excited for the 2020 um, season coming up. And I hope the season goes on. There's a lot of drama going on with baseball right now with positive tests uh, with for the COVID-19 um, pandemic that we're dealing with and um, I hope everybody stays safe and there's a couple Falcons uh, I think two Falcons if not three have been put into the COVID-19 injured reserve list and so um, they're not going to the bubble it's like not physically feasible for like it's a lot of personnel to have to, to deal with bubble situations so I just hope everybody stays healthy and doesn't take anything home to their family and all that stuff. And I hope the listeners out there are staying healthy and wearing your mask and just uh, grinding through this time and uh, use this time to listen to Rise Up Radar. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions, if you have any show suggestions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section. And uh, thank you for listening again. And until next time, rise up. Rise up.